everyone. Fabulous guest, Zane Carson Carruth. Yes. Is here with us today. And oh my gosh, she, when I read her resume, first of all, I fell in love with the fact that you are a children's book writer. And your newest book, Abella Goes to the Rodeo, and everyone knows our daughter's Bella, so I'm going to pretend that it just says Bella Goes to the Rodeo. <laughs> But you are a four-time children's book author, multiple award-winning, ABC Woman of Distinction. Thank yay, you, yes. Which I'm happy <laughs> to be in your sisterhood. Yes. And um, a woman who knows business, also from Houston Business Journal, and you have owned and run a marketing company, and then your accolades of giving back to the community from... Thank you dogs, but mostly children, and the opera, uh, just, well, can we just have a moment oh. for her? <laughs> and she's fabulously dressed thank every you. time I see thank her, you. and this energy is so contagious. Well, thank so, you. So, welcome. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, yes. <laughs> so, tell us, today is your book launch. Yes, yes, at four o'clock at The Hive, you yes. know, on Rice 2431 Rice Boulevard, another rodeo lady owns it. Gretchen oh, I didn't Gillum. know that. Yeah, Gretchen owns it, and she yeah. should be a podcast guest. I want to hear her story. Oh yes, she should. She is wonderful. She, because she brings people together. Yes, and she started out as a pop up, so she would be in a place six months, six months, six months. Well, now she's got like a three year lease, so yes. she is. Her store is wonderful. Yeah, you need to go check that out. Or you need to come to my book launch today. I am planning on being there. <laughs> uh, so, and you're all about, like, bringing women together. You are actually the first lady of the rodeo, oh, yes. girl, to be a oh. first lady. And you've kind of got that Jackie O, Nancy <laughs> Reagan, fabulous vibe. So I love Thank that, you. too. Thank you. Um, and we get to have rodeo this year. I know, I know, I know. And you know, I knew nothing about the rodeo before, before I started dating and married Brady. So to be first lady of the rodeo is just like overwhelming, overwhelming, overwhelming. But I'm loving it. I'm meeting a lot of great people and people love the rodeo. And those volunteers, they are committed. I mean, they are passionate about the rodeo. And it does your heart good to see people like that. And you've been married to Brady for a long time. Yeah, be 10 years in June. Yay! We got married on my birthday. I love that. <laughs> yes. So, um, but you got you also have a thoroughbred that won the Kentucky Derby. You know that was a misprint, but it's a good misprint. No. Okay, because I'm a, <laughs> I don't watch the horse races, but I love the fashion at the Derby. Yeah, <laughs> I need to figure out where that is. It, I didn't. That's a misprint. We bred our mayor to Big Brown, who was a Derby winner. That's close enough, close though. Enough. And he's at horse. He's at Thoroughbred Horse Racing School as we speak in Virginia, learning to be a racehorse. So, he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a fun fun colt. He's playful. And but so did you grow up being an equestrian, or no, you came into this? No, Brady. <laughs> wow. Brady. Well, yeah, Brady. He has brought a lot of changes to my life. Fun stuff. A lot of changes. And I love that you said he was the person that inspires you the most or re you respect the most. I thought that was so interesting because yes. I love Rob, but I don't know that he inspires me the most. <laughs> well, love you, Rob. <laughs> you know, that, 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 
can be a two-edged <laughs> sword sometimes. But <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. But no, he he is just so philanthropic, so giving, yes. and generous, and you know he uh, he's a kind person, and that's hard to find. I mean. He has been so sweet to my family and my daughter, and he's so good to his kids. And he, yeah, he's a wonderful man. But his family is so philanthropic. I mean, my we gave. I grew up in El Campo. You know, we gave, we did, we donated. That was part of our life. But, but no, they go above and beyond. His dad taught him well. And he is he the first, second generation president of the rodeo, or is it director of the rodeo? What's the title? No, he is chairman of the board. Chairman of the board. Yeah, okay. his dad was. And so when he went to Giddings to have his picture made, you know, they do that. Okay, I saw y'all that day. Yes. Well, his, they they put him right in front of his dad's picture. So his dad's rodeo picture's in the background. I mean, it makes you want to cry, doesn't it? Does. It does. So that's, um, I don't know if he told you that, but that's when I met him, is he was, he was, um, the officer in charge, I guess, of the lamb auction, yes, which I was a member, yes, yeah, that's, and that's when his dad was yes, uh, chairman yeah. of the board of the rodeo. Yes. So um, it is such an institution in Houston, and I believe, yes, I saw him the last night of cook-off. I was with my cousin John, who was a new director, John Cangelosi. I don't know if you've met oh, him yet. Yeah. Maybe. Exactly. <laughs> but knows? I remember that COVID was coming um, and we, the next, um, I think there was also a situation where the, the, they closed down the city or something because of something else. Like I, he's had the hardest tenure, but I think it's amazing that we're back. We're, we're through all that. We're having the rodeo. We're getting together and we're giving these scholarships to kids because it is about the kids. Well, yes. And even though they made no money last year, Brady was adamant. No, we're giving the scholarships the full ones. And, and I did the silver spurs, but I was on a budget, which is fine because you know, when you don't make money, you can't spend it. So anyway, it all works out. Well, let's, okay. We're not here to talk about the men in our life and the people we love. We're here to talk about you and your <laughs> passions and how this book came about. Abella Goes to the Rodeo. Yeah, this is a fun book. I had, I was always going to write. I always know what my next book's going to be, and I was going to do one on the rodeo. And this was, but then once I got, once Brady got the big job, I call it, and I was able to kind of go behind the scenes uh -huh. and meet people. Well, this book focuses on Mr. Leon Coffey, the greatest, bravest barrel man of all time. So I researched him. I looked everything up about him. He and, and what's I, a barrel man? Oh, well, he started out as, they they call them bullfighters. Yes. They fight the bulls, not like in Spain. But he, uh, his is called, he's called a barrel man because he kind of stands behind the barrel and keeps the bull from getting to, oh, that's what bullfighters do. I thought they were rodeo clowns. They don't call them clowns anymore. Oh, that's not PC. <laughs> I don't know, but you're not going to find that in my book. He's not a, and I had to, t oh, a long story. But no, but he, Mr. Coffee is wonderful. He is Aww. just great. And I met him for the first time at a Texan game. Okay. And uh, he'll be, Discovery Green's doing something with the okay. rodeo next week. And he's going to be at that event with me and Abella. Oh, Abella. great. <laughs> so, um, you... Your first book was about the Tooth Fairy? Yes, it's how okay. the Tooth Fairy tradition started. And tell Quite us that story. Okay, because I don't know, 
we used to, the tooth fairy used to write letters to Bella when she came. And oh, her tooth fairy that. was the tooth fairy friend, so she would tie it, sign it TFF. Oh, how sweet. And Rob said he had her cell phone number, and we would call her and talk to her. So we're fond of the tooth fairy. Well, you, we, she's important. Was you, it so important in our house for a well, while? Well, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. Oh, I can remember the tooth fairy growing up. And Brady told me that the tooth fairy didn't come one time. His mother said, "You better write a letter." So he wrote a letter to the tooth fairy and put it under his pillow. That might have been <laughs> how our letter started. I could have been. Yes. I think. Now, kind of the other thing that's branched off of that is the elves, the Christmas oh, elves. Yes. That's like a whole nother thing. Yes. Oh, I wish I'd have thought of that. Oh, oh that's brilliant. Isn't it? Okay. So the Tooth Fairy, okay, tell so, us about so that she, journey. Yes. She's very uh, pampered little fairy. I mean, her parents are very protective of her, but she finally gets to go somewhere with her, I don't know what you call them, her her fairy godmother tooth fairy yeah we'll just say that yeah. okay well they were flying and she gets kidnapped by a bee and the bee flies her out of tulip hollow and oh wait yeah and then she gets loose anyway then she finds some kids and she hears them crying and a uh, long story when she falls from the bee the pearl fall off fell off her purse so she started crying because she loved that purse and she had to get something to fix it. So she saw some little boy, he lost a tooth and he held it in his hand and she goes, oh, that's gonna fix my purse. So she follows him home and waits till he falls asleep and he put the tooth under his pillow cause he was gonna make his mom something for her birthday out of it. It's in the book. So she slides her hand under to get the tooth and she goes, ooh, I can't just take the tooth. I got a dollar bill in my purse. So she puts the dollar bill under the pillow so he can still get his mom a present well, when she's doing this, he opens his eyes from his nap. He sees her. She sees him. She screams and flies out the window. So see, now she's been discovered by a humanoid, by a human, a little human kid. Oh. So uh, that's how it starts. It's just by accident because she needed to fix her purse. Girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. And I'm all about the purse. <laughs> As you can see. Yes. yes. <laughs> I wish a tooth could fix that. Everybody would be yes. pulling their teeth out and bringing them yes. in for a Birkin, right? Yes. But um, you have set up so many great opportunities to give this book to kids. And you've oh, really gone yeah. down that path about. So tell us some of those experiences and how some of those readings have gone. And Well, the first one. The opera did what was called storybook opera. They did, the book was way too long. I've rewritten it three times to shorten it, but it was, so they Okay, we wrote, Bella and I wrote a children's book way too long for the kids to read. So when I read it, I realize I have to paraphrase because I see their eyes drifting. Yes, yes. So it's important. It has to be under 900 words. It's, yeah. But we have Live a lot to say as authors. When you, yes, when you. <laughs> When you talk a lot, you think a lot, and you write a lot, it just all goes together. <laughs> but, oh, anyway, so the uh -huh. opera did something with Discovery Green during uh -huh. spring break. So uh, I gave away the first book to every kid that showed up for three days. Aww. I, uh, you know, I signed them, and I learned then, you know, you've got to have a notebook and a pen, because those kids, Houston is a very diversified city, and yes. there's a lot of... A lot of ways to spell names, but anyway, so that was the first one, and then I went to my grandson's school and, you know, did a little reading and gave books to all of the kindergarten and first graders, mm -hmm. 
Oh, and then I donate a lot to Books Between Kids. They've been so nice to me. And mm -hmm. then and then the rodeo has a book drive. See, I didn't even know that until I read it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When you come to the book signing today, you they want you to bring a gently loved or new children's book to donate. Oh, I need to bring one of our books, Danette, if you can throw one in there. So Bella and I wrote a children's oh, book. It's called that. The Vintage Contessa and Princessa. And Princess. she picked one friend to be in the book with her. I said she could pick any friend. And we were writing the story, and it was my godchild who lived in New York. Oh. And while we were writing the book, she was diagnosed with T-cell lymphoma. <gasps> so we include, and she overcame oh, it. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, but it's about goodness. a mother and daughter planning a charity event and all the things that go into planning charity, which I know that you love, and like the whole I journey. So I, it's, and it ends up that the dog jumps on the cake and the cake's destroyed and they go into the laundry room and that's where they have the most fun because it's more about special moments yes. with friends than the hoopla. Yes. But girl, you do know how to throw a great event. Oh, I do love to have a party. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, Brady goes, Is it so, no, it's going to be small. It's just going to be small. And he goes, yeah. Girl, you are my kind of girl. So you threw, a, you've thrown parties and raised money. One point yeah. seven million for the, for the op opera. Yeah, that was wow. Well, what about SPCA Gala? Not to brag, but you know how hard it is to raise money for animal welfare. It is so. We raised a million dollars. Incredible. Yes, and I made friends. I made all kind of new friends. I bet you did. So Tina and Tama. Um, Lindquist Faust, they also have a, an animal charity. Oh, so, yes. Um, Tina Faust, Tama Lindquist, I, forgive me girls, but <laughs> they're incredible and I do a lot of things with them. So there are a lot of great charities for animals out there. And what I didn't realize is people are abusive towards an animal, they will be abusive towards people. Towards kids. Yes, yes. and people have said, why are you so worried about the animals when we have kids that are hurt? And it is, and to me, it's just part of our social responsibility, too. Are there some things you can oh say about God, that? Because yes. you do both. Yes, absolutely. Because that's one of the reasons why the SPCA was started, like, in 1947. It, it was to protect children, animals, and women. And if they see an animal tied up. I didn't up, even realize yeah, it that was, was that inclusive. Yes, it was that inclusive. And, and that's what they had told me. They said, if, if people are bad to their animals... They can be bad to their kids, and they have. You can go, you can get in quicker to see an animal than a search warrant for a child. They have found wow. children locked in cages in homes when they have gone to check on these abused animal cases. So the SPCA is the real deal. They really are. So they get that taken care of, and they don't leave until Child Protective Services come. They don't just say, okay, well, we're going to call. No, they stay right there with that child till someone comes and yes, yes, yes. That's that's the that's the ugly, ugly part of it. But it's ugly when you hurt animals anyway, but um Yes, yeah, and do you have animals? Not now. I, I I fell in love with my daughter's boxer. Oh, I had a boxer growing up. We had oh. a boxer and a Pekingese. And um the boxer's name was Buddy. <laughs> Um, and he was sweet and loving, but the, my parents had another one named Brutus Caesar, and he was not lovely, and he was not sweet. He was aggressive. Oh, he was a, a boy boxer? Yes. Oh. So is your daughter super sweet? Oh, Snickers, yes. Poor little <laughs> the Snickers. The name. 
Snickers. I called her Snickerdoodle. But <laughs> That's so funny. So we have an office dog named Grace Kelly, but she also goes by Grape Jelly, but she is getting her <laughs> hair done today. So she is not here. You can meet her. Oh, I would love to meet Grape Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because our personality as people is we oscillate between being a princess and being elegant and poised like Grace Kelly or the ingredient of a childhood sandwich like grape <laughs> jelly. So on any moment, on any day, we could be all that to people. And yes. I feel like that's you too. <laughs> oh and yeah. I loved when I read, when we were, um, I had asked something or uh, uh, posed a question about um, what do you do well? And you said something about you uh, make people feel comfortable did I say that? Yeah, well, let me, the, let me find it. On the back. No, but I love that because I, part of storytelling and part of hearing people's stories is that they feel comfortable, comfortable enough to be vulnerable and tell you. Yes, and you have to be interested. You have to want, people can tell when you just, your eyes are going to glaze over any minute Yes, yeah. yes, and I love that about you. Okay, so let me find it so I can not be making this stuff up. Um, here we go. Um, I um, Here's event planning, which we've already talked about. Um, I'm not going to dive into all this because I'm taking too much time. But I will say this. I was late coming in today, and I walked in because I had a hard time picking out my outfit. But what I loved what you said about your fashion and style <laughs> was that you love Chanel, obviously, I'm such a Chanel girl, mm -hmm. but you're casual, and you are, you know, favor Dolce and McQueen, which are also two of my favorites, but that your casual attire is from Target. I am a Target go-to girl. Yeah, I love Target. And that became my style story, is when I grew up, my dad didn't want to spend money on clothes, but he would travel to Italy on buying trips to buy marble and granite, and when he came back, oh. he would gift me with a Gucci bag. So I had all <laughs> discounted stuff, but I had my Gucci bag with it. So like today I'm wearing Zara, but then I add the other designer pieces and it makes it more luxury. And well, you have to be an equal opportunity shopper. You just can't not. <laughs> I love it. So um, tell us about your attire for rodeo. Do you have oh, like, have I, you like invested? I used to have a rodeo closet even in my house. Well, now I do because when <laughs> Brady got, I'll call the big job, he goes, yes. okay, here's your budget, which he never gives me a budget because he knows I'll spend up to that. Oh, that's he funny, He will girl. never give me a budget, but anyway, he said, He's like, Go I buy know you got to buy this. Yes. Well, I, for some reason, all I have invested in is blingy stuff. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why. I don't know if I'm Roy Rogers and Dell Evans or what, but, but you will see me in sequins and blings. And I mean, I did buy a few really nice, you know, embroidery pieces that, uh -huh. you know, could pass for rodeo. But no, I'm, no, no, I have nice boots. And, and how about a cowboy hat? Are you a cowboy oh, I hat I'm not girl? a hat person. I had to buy a hat because I was going to ride in the grand entry. Yeah. I didn't want to, but I had to. Somebody made me. Oh, interesting. Well, it, no, I mean, I could have said no, but you know. Yes, but part I of didn't. the journey is being polite. Yes. And I, here's one of the things. So we were talking about, um, I posed the question or posed the idea of Ikigai to you. I don't know, had you ever heard of Ikigai before? It's when you take four different things in your life. You look at what you're good at, 
what you enjoy doing, what the world needs, and what you can get paid for doing. And when you put all that together, that's kind of your icky guy. Did I answer that question? You did. So you said, oh, when you said, um, what are you good at? You said, I'm good at meeting strangers. And when you said, what does the world need? You wrote, the world needs something innocent to think about and kindness. And I thought that was so simple, but so telling. And is that part of the journey really in the books is kindness? Yes. Oh, oh, it's friendships. Yes, because see, she does everything with her best friend, Darcy. Uh-huh. Well, she's a little spitfire, but Darcy is, you know, more laid back. Uh -huh. So she does things, makes mistakes, but, and then she feels bad about it. But Darcy's always quick to say, well, you can apologize, but, but look how good you did with this, this, and this, which just the kind of friend we all want, not someone who makes you feel worse, but you know, you own it, they own it, but let's concentrate on what you did right. And that's what Darcy does for her. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and um, are, have you met, so did you live in El Campo for years and then moved here when you met Brady or were you in Houston already? I was, well, it's an interesting story. I grew up in El Campo, but I moved right before my junior year, you know. Which, I mean, I grew up there, and then I had to graduate high school someplace else. Oh, but I wow. moved to Lake Jackson. It was a nice town, and they're real uh -huh. sweet. But then moved to Austin. Then I came back to Houston, and, and I, I got divorced. I was divorced like tw 25 years, and then, then met Brady, and then, you know, he just cracks me up. We just, you know, hit it off and just have been married. We dated about two or three years and then have been married 10 years in June. Was that your question? Did I answer your question? No, you did because I think it's interesting when I meet really fabulous women with really strong men because I feel like I, um, I was married once when I was 30. That's when I was actually on the rodeo committee oh, okay. with Brady and then I got divorced and I was single until 37. So I think when you spend so much time in your life single, going to work every day, taking care of yourself, and you had kids, yes. you were a single mom. Yes, yes. It really makes you kind of pull yourself up from your bootstraps every day. Not that women who are married don't have to do that, but it is a different right. journey. It is a different journey. And I can remember, no, I can remember, I prayed when I got single. <sighs> in all sincerity, so I don't want a bunch of relationships. I don't want to date a bunch. I don't want to go from God, oh, just the thought of that. So I only had a few, very few relationships within that 25 years because one that I didn't, that was an answered prayer because you know, I'd hear my girlfriends and they get so bitter and I thought, oh, I just don't want to be all that. So. Um, Anyway, when you know when you meet somebody and you can laugh and you 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 know you kind of share the same value system, it plus I guess the time was right. The time was right. So much in life is timing. Oh and, my gosh, yes. And I um, love that you mentioned prayer because that is such a part of my journey. And and I think just being spiritual and believing that life there's more to life than what happens in this moment or what feels good in this moment, because it that's also part of this whole kindness journey and what I think has happened during COVID. I was sharing with you that our daughter's been going through yes. some medical issues and having migraines. And I've talked a lot with the school 
and people at other schools. And a lot of kids are really struggling right now with the mental health component and, and how they're treating each other because they hide behind their phones as opposed to... Are they being kind or not? Not so kind. Oh. So it's been, it's been a real journey. And I, um, I think so much of these children, so much of what kids become is how they're um, affected younger in life oh, and through yes. so many of these books. Have you worked with um, some kids and maybe... Um, have you ever been to like Yellowstone or any of the other? No, I have not. I never have. No, I would. But you've met but some kids from um, different backgrounds when they come to some oh, of these book signings. Absolutely, yes. And just yes. to have a book makes a big difference yes. to them, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Because when I was at the little one of the little private schools, this I don't know. The boy was big for his age, and he goes. So I said, "What? What?" He goes, "Oh, I'm just getting this from my sister." Okay, I, I, I mean, I, one that was sweet, or if he was getting it for himself, that's sweet, but I just, I loved that, that, yes. you know, he was hiding behind that, but he was happy to have that book. So amazing. So tell us about, before you were a book author, a published author, you said you waited 20 years to do this. When you were working before, tell us about that position. I was a certified insurance counselor. Oh my goodness. Yeah. CSE, Certified Insurance Counselor. And what does that mean? Uh, it just means I passed a lot of t insurance tests and I would work on accounts, big accounts, and then I got into sales and marketing and that's when I just thrived and took off because, you know, it's hard when you're a right brain thinker to just get in the nitty gritty about, I mean, because that insurance is huge. I mean, you yes. can't make a mistake when you have these huge accounts. I think I worked on, well, I don't need to name any names, but big stuff. And it was very nerve wracking. I liked sales and marketing much better. But anyway, that's what I always was, was in sales and marketing. After, you know, probably in my, the last 15 years, 10 years, I was in sales and marketing before. Yeah. That's and, how I met Brady. And tell me about the etiquette Oh, roll <laughs> that part of your journey. Love that. Yes. Well, I um, I've just always loved etiquette. I mean, growing up, my family called me Emily Post because I was obnoxious. And a lot of people yeah. might not even know who Emily Post <gasps> oh, is yeah. anymore, but we need to know her. We do. Yeah, and I would correct people, and oh, it, it, so I thought, you know, I'm going to become certified. I'm I'm going to become certified. So I found an etiquette school in Charleston. And I went there, and I was there, and I took all the classes and, you know, got my certification. But the lady had written a book, and it was, you know, just like right here. It was book for kids, etiquette. And I thought, I said, how'd you, how'd you do this? How'd you get this published? She goes, I, I self-published it, blah, blah, blah. And I was just that was it. I was laser-focused from that point on to get my book done. Because my book had been, was dormant for like 20 years or so. So once I got that done, but no, I love etiquette. Love it. I like to write articles for magazines. Yes, that's I fun. saw that you've done that too. Yeah, that's fun. And But, you know, you can get carried away because I walk in a restaurant and, you know, people just... <laughs> <laughs> so give us a few etiquette tips. 
because I know sometimes I'm putting my hands on the table or I'm resting my hand while I'm talking to someone. Well, that's, that's okay. Inappropriate. Just don't do this. No elbows. No elbows. And don't lean. And oh my, oh my, oh yeah. I don't know why that's a pet peeve of mine. Oh, that's okay, a funny tell, tell us a few. Okay, that, Mike. Okay. I, I can't help it. I walk in a restaurant and everybody who's just, and I think, look at you. Look how you're dressed. You're, you, you're poised. You're pretty. Get your elbows off the table. My poor little grandsons, they're nervous wreck when they're around me. But let me tell you something. Those boys have table manners. They have manners. <laughs> they do. And do you do the wet to the right, dry to the left? Have you ever heard that? So the drinks are to the right and the bread is to the left? Or do you, I've also seen this, like on a table setting, that this is for drink and this is yes, for bread. Yes, Because when you sit at a table, like mostly at charity events, I'm always like, which drink is mine? What bread well, is mine? Well, and the bread plate is too mine? far away. And, what, and is that my napkin or your <laughs> napkin? And then like sometimes we're off. Do you struggle with that, even as an etiquette person, or do you? Was that part of the etiquette? Well, I, one time I did use someone else's bread plate, <laughs> so I was mortified. That has never happened again. I will just not eat bread if I can't. If they've, anyway, yes, that can. You know, people make mistakes. <laughs> and I think the kindest thing is to not go, you took my bread plate, but to just say, oh, can you hand me that? That's okay. Because well, no, I, the lady did say that to me. That's she, my bread plate. Oh, oh, oh my okay. goodness. <laughs> I know. That wasn't kind. And we were taking them out for dinner because they had just gotten married. So we were treating them. And I thought, oh, well, but I learned a lot. I will never girl, make that mistake again. I would just won't eat bread if I can't reach my bread plate. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I love that you're an open book. You were kind of answering some of the questions <laughs> like that. And I can see that in you because you are so authentic. Oh, well, thank you. But, and I think a big part of it is like just your energy. When you, you have um, so much great energy when you're happy. And then when things affect you, you're slower and you move softer. So is it hide for, hard for you to hide things when you don't <laughs> like it? <laughs> because I'm kind of, I'm so authentic that people always know what yes. I'm thinking. Yes. And I try to hide it, but I'm so authentic I can't, which is good and bad. No, the first time I had caviar. <laughs> I, I shouldn't tell the story. I shouldn't. I <laughs> I've never tasted anything so bad in my life. <laughs> Freddie was Freddy. like, oh, hold your napkin up, honey. He laughed so hard. Because yes. he goes, well, if, if you don't do this, then I know it's not that bad. <laughs> oh, no. That's I the can't. standard to which everything else is judged, how much you well, like food. Well, I have food. other faces, too. But you're right. No. I, he said, no, you can never play poker. Don't, don't even think about it. It's so funny. Oh. It, yeah, it's embarrassing. But you know what? You are who you are, and Lord knows we try. <laughs> we do. And the other thing is we have so many. Um, my The biggest journey I want to take people on when they listen to the podcast is to know that you, can, you don't always start being exactly who you want to be when you grow up, and that just keeps evolving. And yes. I think you are such a great example of that because – I mean, I've sh I am vulnerable and I share some of the things that were hard, like going through a divorce or um, 
I worked for my family for 22 years before I became the vintage Contessa. So I love that you had this path that wasn't always creative. You were an insurance counselor. I mean, that there's not That's a lot of creativity. Detailed. I mean, I used to do takeoffs, like look at plans, not that that's horrible, but sit at a desk and measure rooms to, to, to yes. look at marble and granite. And the end result was great. And you could know you were helping people with their insurance claims. But the claims. margin of error is so slim when you have jobs like that, as you know. Ooh. But then you just keep dreaming. And I think that's what I want people to know is that as you're working, as you're providing for your family as you're doing what you need to do or being a mom and to me that's the hardest job I have is being a mom. Mm -hmm. I could be here at the office all day and not be nearly as exhausted as driving carpool and taking yeah. Bella from appointment <laughs> to appointment. But that you waited 20 years and got to live your dream of writing a children's book and then writing four and then even being award-winning. So tell us how you were award-winning. Well, but first I just want to say, it's okay to be a late bloomer. You know, I am a late bloomer. Girl, you are blooming though. <laughs> you are late. shining. Yeah, so don't ever think, oh, I can't do that. I'm too, it's, I'm past that. No, don't, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, late bloomers, it's fine. You bloom when you, you we're never, but no, they just, there's a lot of opportunities where you send in your books and they judge them and they give awards and, um, so, yeah, I've been very fortunate, and I'm very happy. I love little Bella. People tell me, now, Zay, you know, she's not real. Ah! She's real to me. <laughs> she is but real to me. true. Like, <laughs> to have this pick-me-up and to give kids something. When um, Bella was young, it was Pinkalicious, and we would read Pinkalicious over and over and over. Yes. I don't know if you've ever seen that book before. But um, my favorite quote and I just said it two days ago is you get what you get and you don't throw a fit and I we just that. Re and, and we just repeat that over and over because she and I are fit throwers so when we oh. don't get what we want we throw fits and I'm like nope we can't do that because says no I love that but um are there little quips like that in the book that you can share well, what I do, and I think a lot of authors, even people who write songs, mm -hmm. you hear things and you just kind of file them away. Like, in, when she gets her magic wand, I, I knew I was going to put this in a book, but was at the rodeo with my daughter, my grandsons, and I said, ooh, let's get some ice cream. I thought, oh, ooh, it's almost supper time. Oh, Brittany, sorry, am I a troublemaker? And my grandson goes, no, you're an awesome maker. So Oh, I got I, chills. That's yes, so Yes, so I good. put that in my book because little Bella made a mistake, and she says to Darcy, Darcy, am I a troublemaker? And she goes, no, Bella, you're an awesome maker. So oh. that, yeah, this, and then, and, the, and Brady's real clever, and I've filed away some of the things he said that I'll be putting in some books, but um, no, you just kind of, you know, hear things and hold them in your heart and try to write a paragraph or a story around it, you know, to get it in if you think it's fun. So fun. <laughs> And so tell me, are the, is the family coming in for the rodeo? Have they done the grand entry with you? Well, now, okay, by family, like Brittany and the boys, yes, uh -huh. they're like the parade Saturday. Not this Saturday, that's Conroe, but when we had the Houston parade, yeah. Brittany and the boys will ride in my carriage in the parade, and then in my carriage for the first night, she mm -hmm. and her friends are coming for Cody Johnson. 
But my sister know because, you know, I'll be going to the rodeo every day. She lives in Florida. It's, it's hard. Do you have your um, first lady wave down? Have you been practicing? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was born to do this. <laughs> Girl, we are kindred spirits. Oh, my God. So were you ever in a pageant or something as a young girl? Well, you brought it up. <laughs> well, I was, Why wasn't that in your bio? I was Missouri County Fair Queen candidate, and I was in a, oh, God, a parade. And I remember reading, they said, now put Vaseline on your lips because, I mean, on your teeth. And I did, and that's a good tip. I can hardly even catch my breath. Okay, so I um, I was never a candidate, but I was a judge for Miss Fort Bend County Fair. Really? <laughs> Which, yes. That was something else. I mean, I absolutely loved it. So I grew up... I mean, I'm a Houston girl, but I grew up in Fort Bend County. So oh, okay. And back in, which is, um, at the time, it was Quail Valley yes. and Sugar Land. Yeah, and now Sugar Land, yeah. Yeah, it's so grown up. But back then, like, there were dirt roads. There were roads that we would drive down that didn't have lights on them. Like, it was a different experience. Yes. And everybody was in FFA and raised an animal. Love that about small towns. Yes. And But then we lived on the golf course. So I could go play golf or tennis and then in one minute also be... Um, and five minutes from then on somebody's farmland. Yes. So it was it was a great experience to to mix it all up. Did your um, grandkids are they into raising uh, rodeo? Well, now my grandsons are very very athletic, extremely athletic. Okay. They're they're all about athlete athletics. Can't get uh -huh. the word out. And I have I have a granddaughter. My son had a daughter. Has uh -huh. a daughter. But she just got out of nursing school. All she ever wanted to be was a neonatal nurse. Oh, From we the need time them. she was this big. We need them so badly. Yeah. She got right into UT. Wow. And they didn't. So hard work. to get into UT. Yeah. Like top 6%. Yes. That's what I've been hearing. Yes. And then sometimes even top 10% you can't get in. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how she got in. Because Maybe because she was so passionate about what passionate she wanted to and do. the grace of God. It yep. was the grace of God. And then when she went to apply for a job at Dale Children's Hospital, they didn't have any openings. But then one of the ladies who had worked with her uh -huh. on her, whatever they call it, she, she said, no, 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 you need to talk to this girl. They made a space for her. Oh. She, she's an angel. No, she seriously is an angel. I don't, she, uh, she's an angel. Her name is Chloe. <laughs> oh, I love that. So fabulous. We have a friend, um, Dr. Jorge Salazar, and he is a pediatric heart surgeon. Oh, gosh. So, newborns. And there's some weeks he operates on 20-plus babies a week. Can you imagine no. that many babies? No, need? So, no. that neonatal care is so... Um, Bella was born triple-wrapped, and but other than that, she was okay. And with the umbilical cord. Yeah. And she, um, but you feel, I think that's one of the most vulnerable moments in life is when you have a baby and you wait for it to cry or the first time. Yes, you go and check you, on them all yes, the time Yes, and when the they're in the hospital and all that. Um, so you also do some amazing work with the Caruth Foundation with hospitals. You know, that was such a, an honor to me for, for Brady to put me on that board. I was 
Oh, I was, I, I, that really made me happy. That pleased me. But yes, the Crude Foundation, I mean, you know, they're not humongous like the Wortham Foundation but by any means. But, um, you know, we, we, we very carefully study all of the requests that comes in and, uh, you know, do as much as that we can. Yes. And is, um, do you give to, is it mostly hospitals and parks, or did it just happen to be that those were the most significant well, that I know about? Well, Brady's a green space person. He okay. loves the green space, Discovery Green, Memorial, Harmon Park, any kind of green mm -hmm. space. And then I like things with a heartbeat. So that's why we do the animals when his parents were big animal people. And yes, yes. And just like that, like I told you, that, that guy whose son had all those bad headaches, we give to that, whatever that is. Yes. That, I don't know if it's a study or what, but yes, every, we just sit down every year and look at all the requests and um, do a lot with, um, it's not Brookwood, the, the parish school. Yes, Whole there lot was. With um, the parish I think there's even a the crib centers. There. Yes, the center, and I have been involved with autism, so I've gone with the No Autism Foundation. So I've gone to things with for the parish school. Yes, and I saw Brady at one of those events. So, yes, um, and I noticed that there was a very significant donation there, which I think is so hard. There's so many kids that are on the spectrum, and I do have a lot of friends who have kids at the parish school that just need special learning opportunities in a safe place. A safe place, yes. Because there's so many challenges, as I was saying, with these kids coming off of COVID and all of that. So um, are there any other stories you want to tell us about <laughs> your books? Any other things that I haven't covered? Well, let's see. Well, the first one, how the Tooth Fairy tradition started. Yes. Then she starts a Tooth Fairy school because her little fairy friends want to be Tooth Fairies too. And then she gets her magic wand and now she's at the rodeo. And you can buy these so many places. Amazon, Target, Target Barnes, Barnes and & Noble, Walmart. And the rodeo is carrying this book oh. in their merchandising department. You can go online. I don't know if it's on there now because they just got their shipment. But wow. they'll be selling this at the rodeo. That is so exciting. Well, we have run out of time. We've oh. actually gone over uh -oh. because I didn't even look at my clock because I just love talking to you. <laughs> well, thank but you. my favorite quote was a day as I was born to do this because girl, we are kindred spirits. <laughs> so with that, living the authentic life with Zane Carruth until next week, guys. <laughs> thank you. What a, this was so much fun. <laughs>